Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though cherries named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. <clears throat> Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar. This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. In this week's episode, we'll go over some tips and tricks for conducting a successful business meeting. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. J. Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. All right, well, welcome to... The Safety Consultant Show with Sheldon Primus. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. And what I do is I help you learn the business of being a safety consultant. Or if you are playing the role of a safety consultant for your industry, then I help you successfully do that job. So this week, we're going to talk about conducting meetings. I'm going to give you guys five tips that I use when I do a meeting with someone else. And a lot of these are... Uh, my opinion so you're going to have to weed out what will work for you and what will not work for you in some of the tips that I give you however like everything else I've been using these tips for a little while and it's been working pretty good for me so that's why I decided let me go ahead and formally give you some of these tips I know I've mentioned a few maybe before in passing but I will will want to make sure that you get this information. So before we go on to this week, I've got one of those horrendous colds, so you'll hear a difference in the voice quality. But besides that, I'll try to make sure I edit out any of the hacking or coughing or sniffling so I don't make you sick as you're listening. All right, with that, let's go to tip number one, which is a basic one, but you'll see this one and you'll know, hey, this is definitely one that I thought of, which is dress for success. So tip number one is dressing for success. It means different things to different people. I remember when I first got started, one of the things that I wanted to really do was to have my personality shown as I was delivering uh, content. So whatever the content was, and that was some of my personality in my dress. So I am typically not a truly formal person. I like to be comfortable, I like to be casual. Uh, some of the things that I usually wear is t-shirts and uh, Marvel DC type of t-shirts, so geeky stuff. And then of course uh, shorts because I live in Florida, so that's pretty much what we wear year-round. So uh, I prefer to have that as my personal dress code. And uh, when I first got started, I really wanted to impress 
that I am different <laughs> and I'm also my own boss so I would wear some of my earrings at the time and I do have um, a left hole here's uh, two I should say in my left and one on my right which is probably closed by now the one on the right but either or you know I would wear you know both earrings in my left ear and so in some cases, I knew for sure I was challenging expectations of professionals, so I did that knowingly, but I also had to make a decision to say, hey, is this earring wearing going to be so much so that it's going to be distracting to the person listening to me when I was giving my presentation or I was doing a class, or is this some sort of distraction for me gaining business? So I eventually stopped doing that only because I didn't want to be a hindrance for my own self and make sure that I don't alienate any clients because of that decision. So uh, that's all going through my mind, you know, it's it's a, a bunch of things that, that go through your head when you're getting ready for uh, a meeting. A lot of it is because you want to make sure that you hit their expectation of what a professional should look like because you're trying to get through that know you like you trust you stage so yes some of the things you're wearing has to be calculated and you could get as calculated as you want where you have power color colors mostly power colors are those strong colors like the blues and the reds and some of those really uh, forceful type of gripping colors that you would see out there and that's uh, one of the ways of doing it. The other way of doing it is you could uh, try to convey certain messages with your style of delivery, so, meaning what you're wearing. So, for instance, you could have a three-piece suit to look more traditional for the guys. Uh, and uh, for women listening to the show, it might be something as simple as the length of your dress, <laughs> how appropriate that would be in your first meeting. And I know it, it just really depends on your personal flair and the personal style that you have. But then there's also a, a, a line for business. And it really depends on what type of business you're going to as well. So you're analyzing how you feel about your clothing. You're analyzing of what the client is going to think about your clothing and everything else, your accessories and your earrings and tattoos and all that stuff goes into that uh, first impression, second impression, and all the impressions, but you really have to plan it out as to what is your, your plan of attack on your clothing. So that's the first thing. And then when you're addressing for success, and let's say you have international clients that you need to meet or you need to have a, a visual meeting with over online like a, a zoom or some other uh, webinar or something like that that you're going to be seeing then now you have to think of international uh, type of what's acceptable for them and what's acceptable for you so it's a cultural issue as well so that all goes into the dressing for success factor and in, it doesn't have to be a suit all the time. It really just has to be what the client feels uh, that suits them and where they want to go with your meeting. And then also for yourself, what you feel the most comfortable in. So it's got to be that balance. So number two, you want to make sure you get that 
a card ready. So whatever uh, country or culture you have, you do your traditional greeting. And uh, usually in the U.S., then there's a presentation of business cards, if you will, back and forth between the two parties. And this is just contact information. You want to make sure they get that contact information. They have it available. And uh, the presentation of the cards and how you put them together, I did in an early podcast, uh, maybe like uh, two or three or something, of how to design your actual whatever the marketing material is that you decide that you're going to use. So uh, the cards is a big thing. And then if you're going to use a flyer, that's another thing that you can use. So utilize that space as best as you can. Uh, use QR codes. That's the code that is a visual uh, hyperlink. And someone will click that with their uh, CR code reader on their phone. And then they will have your contact information directly onto their phone. So you can do that as well. It just really depends on, on how you want to uh, work that out. But uh, be prepared to have a card if you don't then the next thing you're going to do is make sure you have a pen and paper or something and write that out for them so that they can have your contact information. Name, number, email is the basic information that you need. And if you want to, you can write something a little bit uh, about the transaction that you're inquiring about, the type of services you're going to do. So the card uh, is, is just a basic thing to have especially if the business is in the U.S. because that's a tradition of uh, the presentation of the cards. So the next thing I would really try to, to think of, because first you're addressing the success, secondly, you have your cards ready, printed to go, and that you're, you have enough for everybody that's there, uh, then the next thing is you want to make sure that you're thinking critically at all times. So when I say thinking critically at all times, you have to kind of think through what the ask is as to what the need is. So for instance, I had one client that asked me for job hazard analysis for every job title in their city. And it was a city client. So I kind of understood what they wanted, but if you're doing a job hazard analysis or a job safety analysis, that's on a specific task. So the client was asking me to do something that actually didn't really make too much sense, but I kind of understood what they meant. So I had to think critically in that area just to kind of steer them to just let them know what the actual ask should be, if you understand the, the train of thought there. So what I did is I first instructed uh, on the phone when I was talking to uh, the first person, first round of meetings before I got to the physical meeting. First round is, well, you want a job hazard analysis and the reason why you want job hazard analysis is to make sure that uh, you are going to not have a person doing a task without thinking of it not only the operational task, but also the safety requirement for performing that task. And that's what the job safety analysis does. It tells you the hazard. Well, first you break everything down into steps. 
And then after the steps, you pick a hazard for each step and a control for each hazard that you identified for each step. So in thinking of a job description, each job description has its own makeup of individual tasks and then the individual tasks are what makes up what the person does for a living. So what I ended up having to do and telling the client is I could look at all the different job descriptions for your entity and then we're going to ask each representative member from uh, your actual job look, uh, descriptions, which are going to be pretty much if your city would be the police force, the fire department, parks or directs, the wastewater, any of the other utilities. So this is sectors or divisions that I'll be looking for. But then I would have to ask, well, all right, for, for instance, the police department, if I was a typical policeman, then what are the jobs that I'll be doing? So let's say uh, it could be traffic control. If it's an emergency and the lights go out, you have to do that. That's going to create its own hazards. If you have a suspect and you need to uh, apprehend that suspect and get them into custody, that's going to have its own hazards, its own job listing. Uh, then you think about anything else that a uh, police department can do. You know, but all those different tasks will have its own procedures step by step by step and then each procedure will have a hazard that becomes exposed and then you would have to have some sort of control mechanism set up for the hazard that was just exposed at that step so that's the JSA so I had to explain that to the client first so the next thing was well instead of just trying to do uh, one JSA for each job description well I have them give me their top three maybe their top four in some cases maybe top five hazardous jobs that they have to do for their job description and then from there I could break down those tasks which are gonna come to me through a standard operating procedure and then I'll break down those tasks into a job hazard analysis and then teach their staff how to do exactly what I just did so that not only are they paying for a certain amount of job hazard analysis but then they'll also get the education needed for them to do this themselves so that was the thought process behind that and using critical thinking and active listening I was able to hear what they thought they wanted and then able to translate into something that's tangible that I could start with billing hours, something that's gonna represent exactly what they actually need and then give them uh, the proposal that way. So at that meeting, if I wasn't thinking about critical thinking, by the time I got out of that meeting, I wouldn't have the information that I needed to give them a proposal and then I would have to call back and then I would have to follow up in some way to make sure that I got the right thing. So uh, don't want to do that so that's your 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 third step is think critically so first we're dressing for success secondly you want to be prepared with that business card uh, thirdly we are going to always think critically throughout that business transaction and then the fifth thing is to speak up yep as easy it is is speaking up because I sometimes see where people go through a full business meeting 
and they're supposed to be the consultants, the expert, and they're basically letting the client talk about the needs that they need, but not interjecting some of the things that you are trained to understand and to see and to uh, give them some sort of counseling on. And it's okay even in your initial meeting if you're giving them some sort of consulting because that's what they're trying to find out is if you are appropriately uh, trained for doing the job they want to get you to do as a safety and health consultant. So speak up. Tell them your mind, uh, making sure that you are listening actively to them, thinking critically about the true ask that they they actually need, not always what they tell you, and then uh, making sure that you're uh, respectful at delivering that message that you're you're really understanding as far as being uh, getting to understand what their their safety need is. So speak up. There's plenty of meetings where, you know, I let things go back and forth and back and forth as far as banter with uh, clients amongst themselves. But then I chime in and say, well, while you're thinking of this, you also need this consideration or what you're talking about now is good. But to be OSHA compliant or regulatory compliant, you also have to address this scenario. So that's when you, you know, make sure you chime in and and let them know that you are experienced enough for you to have uh, some opinion in this initial meeting that will lead them to say, hey, we need to hire this person more because we didn't even consider that. And here they are uh, making sure that we know this. So that's a, another thing. And then lastly, this is as simple and as basic as it comes. But you want to make sure that you keep writing uh, all the special things that come up within these meetings. So one of the things that'll come up will be follow-up material. So you want to make sure that you write down exactly the things that you're supposed to follow up. So you know when you get back, you're going to send an email to this person or an email to that person regarding uh, maybe, for instance, for me, I had this one client that needed some color and uh, for her process piping. However, when I went through the facility doing a mock OSHA audit, that's one of the things that I brought up was there was no continuity in the colors as well as uh, there wasn't anything that showed me that red denoted fire and blue for water. And they didn't have any of that stuff. So uh, they actually had colors, just whatever paint was available. They just slapped that on their pipe and they were good. So I had to show them the ANSI document related to color coding of process piping and then making sure they know there is some leeway in that for you to put in colors that you use independently of someone else or if it's something that's uh, special to your industry you could do that like for instance i used to work in reclaim water and that's a pantone purple is the color of reclaim water in the u.s so therefore you could see that color anywhere if you're aware of what it means and you know for sure that that water source that you're looking at is treated effluent from a wastewater facility and that's all by looking at the colors so it's important for you to have that right so when i was making notes 
then during the meeting, I had to make sure I had notes to follow up specifically for things that came out in the meeting, and then also some things that I was thinking about when I was researching after the meeting. So that was uh, all because of the notes I took. I had to make sure that I took very good detailed notes, and I had to make sure that I was uh, understanding what are some deliverables that I need to do for this client at the end of the meeting so that they could uh, make an informed decision as to what to do next. So that all goes into uh, how to conduct a meeting. So if you are about to have a meeting, you really want to start thinking about these uh, points, these five simple points, uh, so that you can have a successful meeting in the end. When we come back, we have our tip of the week, and the tip of the week is going to include one other point. See, we're throwing in one other point. So uh, we'll do the tip of the week when we come on back. Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin. I know lots of you get your information while you drive down the road or sit on planes or sit in meetings and look interested. And now you should know that three of my books are available for your listening pleasure on Audible. With the help of Jay Allen and Safety FM, we've produced three of the books, Workplace Fatalities, The Five Principles of Human Performance, and my very first book, Simple Revolutionary Acts, and they're available now where you get audiobooks. The tip of the week goes with you're conducting a meeting. So one of the things I did want to mention is go to the restroom prior to actually getting there and shaking hands and meeting with everybody because that's going to be a, a big difference and it'll be a professionalism thing. So what I do, sometimes I do a lot of driving, so as soon as I get close to the neighborhood that I need to be for meeting a client, I'll stop at their nearest uh, whatever store it is, uh, gas up, use the restroom, wash my hands real thoroughly, uh, then I'll go ahead and uh, if I need to get a coffee or whatever I need to do, all that right there. So by the time I actually get into the meeting, sitting with everybody, I'm not worried so much about personal needs where I can't focus in on the meeting. So that is the tip of the week. Just go ahead and take care of something really simple before you even get to your additional meeting which is going ahead and using the restroom and checking yourself out, getting yourself ready for that meeting prior to actually shaking hands for the first time. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are on iTunes, it'd be greatly appreciated if you could do an iTunes review of this podcast. If you like it, share it with a friend. And just trying to build some more followers right now. So please share this and that'll be a great help to me. You know, uh, take that as you like what I'm doing. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com.
Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though cherries named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm, unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke, zero sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.